Raiders of the Lost podcast is brought to you by our friends Manscaped, the leaders in men's grooming. Use our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout from manscaped.com to receive 20% off your entire order and free shipping worldwide. Join the over 2 million men trusting Manscaped with their grooming needs today, like their body wash, 2-in-1 shampoo conditioner, their lawnmower 4.0 groomer, and so much more. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. In this episode, we discuss the IMDb Top 50 Movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Anthony here. And James here. Today, we're going to have a little fun and talk about the top 50 IMD movies based on user ratings and reviews. And, and he meant IMDb movies. What did I say? IMD movies. IMDb <laughs> movies based on top 50 user ratings. And it's a, a stacked list of movies. We're going to go 50 to 1, starting from the bottom. Now we're here, and this is going to be a great episode, I think. And we're in Italy right now, enjoying ourselves on our trip. So uh, we hope you guys have been enjoying our content that we've been putting out. Like we said, the show is continuing on this trip. We are continuing to put both audio reviews and full episodes out. So don't worry, we're not missing a beat. The show has to go on. And this is an amazing list of movies. And it's cool because this is what people put as their top 50 movies. It's not IMDb creating lists. It's humans. It's, not Tomatoes. it's humans voting Human in beings. to what their favorites are, and it's based on that rating on IMDb. And also to get on the list, I believe you need at least 100,000 ratings. Something like that. For, to qualify to get on the list for IMDb. And every year or so, there's a movie that kind of like will come in, and after a couple months though of all the ratings, it, at bias. first, like for like, it, No Way Home was in the top 10 for like a, a month. <laughs> not that that isn't a great movie, but that was in the top 10 of IMDb user ratings, but then... It slowly is down to 8.3 now, which is t- number 84. But movies like every year will pierce that list of top 50, top 25, top 10. Yeah. But over time, the ratings basically balance out to what its rating really should be. Yeah, and I think you know there are movies that have millions of ratings. And I think when you get that, when you have a movie with millions of ratings and it's still a high rating, then that's definitely an indicator that this movie is, without a doubt, really great. It has to be for this many people to give it like a 9 it's got to be an amazing movie. So it's a testament to like, it's very impressive for a movie to be in the top 10 because all of these movies in the top 10 have over a million and even 2 million ratings. Like for example, like what? The Dark Knight probably has to have at least a million reviews or ratings or something oh, like that. I think that. it's got 2.5 yeah. million ratings, The Dark Knight. Yeah. I mean, that's on this list for sure, very high. And that just shows you that this is what, these are the movies that people universally love. And I think that this is a pretty solid list for, you know, it's mostly American films, but there are plenty of foreign films on this, um, international pictures, and a lot of classics, which I'm really happy about, as well as, like, you know, T2 is on this list. It's great to see, like, just an awesome action sci-fi movie because, like, critics and, like, I've had film professors and, like, they, like, hate movies like T2, and I'm like, T2 is an awesome movie. Epic. It deserves as much praise as, like, a classic film from the 40s. Like, why not? Just because there's guns and a robot and it doesn't mean it's not a great movie and one of the best ever made that's really well put anthony i'm really appreciate your perception of sci-fi and great action (laughs) flicks because you know what i agree man now before we continue the best way to support raiders of the lost podcast is to become a patron at patreon.com slash 
Raiders of the Lost podcast. You knew that. I bet you did. And <laughs> from that, when you become a patron, you get awesome perks like personalized videos, messages. You get to access, have access to our weekly bonus episodes that all patrons have access to. And then our Godfather tier patrons get their own custom episode that they get to choose. And we cover whatever topic, movie topic you want and select. We'll do it for you. You also have access to our Discord if you are a $10 or $25 tier patron. We interact with that every day, have watch parties. It's a lot of fun. We also launched our podcast masterclass online course last year. So for anyone who wants to start a podcast or improve their current podcast, the link is podcastmasterclass.teachable.com or just go to our website, raidersofthelostpodcast.com. It's right there in the homepage, all our contact info, sources of content, merch, custom movie posters. Thanks so much for tuning in around the world. Hit the notification bells leave those five star reviews they help so much now let's begin our episode on the imdb top 50 movies and we're going to start at number 50 and it's going to be alien which has an 8.5 on imdb out of 850,000 ratings what a way to start with a bang one of our favorite movies of all time we yeah. just did an episode on it where we last month where we did maximus versus Ellen Ripley, we talked about Alien a lot. We've done an episode on Alien and Aliens, and this is one of the best movies of all time. Ridley Scott directed this. Sigourney Reaver really changing the game in sci-fi and action for female actors and, and characters, and it's just a really iconic film. Yeah, this is just one of the best horror films ever made, one of the best sci-fi films ever made, and just one of the best flat-out films ever made. Ridley Scott like, stamped his legendary status with this movie, and it's to this day, it's one of my most watched movies like easily. And I still never get tired of it. I'll put it on and I can just am endlessly fascinated while watching it. Always take away new details here and there. And just I love the world that they crafted in this movie. Me too. It came out in 1979 and it's going to live on forever. forever. Next up at number 49, we have Alfred Hitchcock's classic Rear Window, which came out in 1954 and has an 8.4 rating on IMDb, which I think is I, I think it might be my favorite Hitchcock movie. It's just a, such an impressive feat of storytelling and filmmaking because the, the entire movie takes place in one room. It's unbelievable. There's only one other movie on this list that also does that. We'll get to that later on. It's a little bit uh, closer to the number one spot, but that's a movie as well that takes place in one room. And this one in particular, it's so visually stunning. Um, there's so much packed into it, so many layers. It's different from that other movie because of how much visual stimulation and visual storytelling that Hitchcock put into the film, um, taking on the perspective of the lead character. A beautiful casting, um, excellent performances, terrific production design. The set is just one of the most iconic sets in history, and I just really, really love this movie. Moving on to number 48, we have Grave of the Fireflies. <sighs> crying already. This has an 8.5 rating, came out in 1988, directed by Isao Takahata. And we talked about this in our anime episode. It is one of the most tragic films you'll ever see, not just in anime, but in cinema in general. Really beautiful animation, but it's a horrible story about this young boy and his little sister trying to survive in Japan during World War II. And just the tragedy that befell the, po the po civilian population of Japan, or and also just what happens to communities Farmers, during war, yeah. and, and just the 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 middle class and the lower class, and how they suffer the most out of everybody. And it's horrific and tragic. It does have beautiful moments, but it is a really hard watch, but also a beautiful and important and powerful film. And I love the animation, the use of light, <clears throat> minimalist lighting, and you know the dark scenes, because generally animated films historically tried to avoid 
dark sequences and you know moody lighting and it's just beautiful beautiful animation in this movie Next up, we have Harakiri, which is at number 47. This film came out in 1962 and has an 8.4 rating on IMDb. This is a Kobayashi classic, and it tells the story of um, how the samurai culture and samurais, they were once a strong part of families in um, different um, regions of Japan, and then they basically um, not so much died out, but the idea of having samurais and employing them was over and done with. And so they, you know, lost work. They lost their jobs, basically, and many of them fell into disillusionment. And it had it, this is, uh, film details the negative effects that that entire um, cultural change had on the samurai. And also the concept of the honorable suicide, which mm. also people they relate to the high suicide rates in Japan today, which exists still. Intense and, shame. In the concept of like the, this main samurai wants to go and commit his suicide on this land, but then it leads to a dispute, and it has one of the greatest samurai duels, one-on-one duels in the history of yeah, cinema. In the, yeah, in the field. It's so cool. Really it's beautifully shot. The cinematography yeah. in this movie is exceptional. Great set design. Wardrobe is off the charts. And the, the fight is great because it's, it's long, but it's not like they fight for a while. There's just so many long beats and patient filmmaking, and this, the cinematography is insane. You, you guys can tell watch that yeah. um, Kill Bill, uh, Beatrix Kiddo versus yeah. Oren Ishii yeah. is heavily influenced, I think, by the mm-hmm. final duel in this movie. Absolutely. Big time, that last sequ- that last fight for them in Kill Bill 1. Because it's not like Three Musketeers where it's just like we're just like bashing swords over and over and over again. It's like it's the samurai fighting style was like attack or just one attack or a defensive maneuver. And, and then you would take turns trying to like these one these moments of just like trying to strike and then back away. It's like chess. Yeah, exactly. It's great. And then at number 46, we have Once Upon a Time in the West has an 8.4 on IMDb. This is released in 1968. This is a classic Western, one of the greatest that Clint Eastwood turned down because he felt like he was doing too many spaghetti Westerns, so he turned this movie down, but it stars Henry Fonda, Charles Brunson, Jason Roberts. This cast is stacked, directed by Sergio Leone, one of the greatest Western directors of all time, if not the greatest Western director of all time. And it's just, it's a great story. There's a... An antagonist who's taking control over land that has a well, and then there's a dispute over the land, and just great Western sequences and shootouts, and it's awesome. And it has one of the best openings ever. It's like a 20-minute opening sequence with no dialogue, and it leads to a shootout, and it's so well done and crafted. It's amazing. It's one of the best openings of all time. Next up, we have Modern Times, which came out in 1936, and this was direct, directed, starring, and written by Charlie Chaplin. as an 8.5 rating on IMDb. Um, Charlie used amazing set set design, production design, uh, illusionment with the cameras to craft an amazing piece depicting the industrialization of America. Yeah, it might be his funniest movie, too, yeah. and it's the character, the Tramp, his most iconic character and role he played in many of his films. And, you know, the Tramp, like, gets work in this industry factory, and it's like a satire on the concept of factory working life and just the mechanicalism of the mechanics of that and how it just like saps your soul very but, timely and during this era and he gets he gets he goes to jail a few times and i love how his movies always show that like they're like no consequences yeah, going to jail and you're like right back on yeah, your feet it's, afterwards it's fine yeah it's no big deal it's so common for him but it's a really cl- great film it's one of his best of all time number 44 we have the untouchables this has an 8.5 on imdb came out in 2011 a great great french film directed by olivia nakache and eric Toledano. And this is a very heartwarming story. It's based on real people. There's a ca- the character, uh, Philip. 
who is a paraplegic and has a live-in caretaker, but he's also a, a an aristocrat and very wealthy and articulate person. But he has a caregiver, and they just bond over this incredible relationship. And it's really just a story about a friendship and about love between these two men. It was a massive success in, Huge. in Europe. It, I think it might be one of France's most successful movies, if not made it's, 428 million yeah. in US dollars. Yeah, I think it's I think it might be its most successful film in France's history and it became it was adapted in America with Brian Cranston and Kevin Costner in the roles, but it's a very sweet, endearing, touching film, very emotional, also very funny. Next up at number 43, we have Whiplash, which came out in 2014 and has an 8.5 rating on uh, IMDb, this is Damien Chazelle's debut film, which he adapted from a short film. He uh, submitted to a few festivals and was successful with that. And obviously, this was a terrific debut performance from a d- debut directing performance from Chazelle as well as a breakout role for Miles Teller and then a career defining role for J.K. Simmons, who is excellent as Fletcher. It's extremely intense. Visually stunning. Um, I love the the sound design and the musical score crafted for the film. I think it's a, a perfect, pitch-perfect film. Yeah, we covered this in our episode. We did Whiplash versus La La Land because they're both versus. music-heavy films that came out around the same times, and we like them both so much. They're both directed by Damien Chazelle, but I think Whiplash is just one of the great films of the last 15 years for sure. It's it's really, really well made. You can see the skill of Damien Chazelle at such a, a young stage in his career for sure. The debut, the, the the short film you can find on YouTube, it even starred J.K. Simmons as well, different lead actor as the drummer, I can't, the kid from this other movie. Yeah, he's um, in a few other movies. But, um, you know, Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons are just so sensational in this role. The music is tremendous. The accuracy is probably off in terms of like how uh, musical musical <laughs> classes and schools are it's in movie. jazz school. But, you know, yeah, it's a film. You got to make it cinematic yeah. and interesting in that way and more dramatic. But we love that movie. Number 42, we have Casablanca. This came out in 1942. Has an 8.5 on IMDb, directed by Michael Cur- Curtis, obviously starring Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman tells the story of a guy who owns a bar and his past his lover, ex-flame. his ex-flame, has come to him for help to help get her and her current boo out of the country because he is being basically hunted down basically by Nazis. Yeah, it's a, it's a great character piece, and it's, it's a defining uh, moment in cinema. You know, Casablanca is one of the greatest films ever made, and it for a reason, it's got some of the greatest lines in history, some of the most quotable lines. Um, it's a de- definitive film in film history, especially in that era um, when combination of black black and white films and color films were both being shown. And this was a old black and white film, even though they could have shot in color, but they kept it in black and white. It's just beautifully filmed, beautifully acted, uh, an excellent movie. Next up, we have the first Nolan movie on this list out of many. <laughs> Number 41, The Prestige, which came out in 2006 and has an 8.5 rating on IMDb. You guys know we love this movie. You know we love Chris Nolan. Uh, The cast is excellent. The cinematography by Wally Pfister is some of the best he's ever done. And I think this really, it's hard to pick, it's hard to rank Nolan's movies because they're all so, so wonderful. And this movie, you could say, you could argue is one of his best movies without a doubt. Excellent script, intriguing it's one of those movies that just get better on repeat viewings because of how the how the intricacy of the story works out and the mystery of it. I just love watching this film. Yeah, it's an absolutely incredible movie. It's so damn underrated. 
and it's his only script that he's adapted from other material. He adapted this from a book of the same name, uh, but he changed it up a lot. The book is really good as well, but I mean, what he did with this movie and the story, the nonlinear storytelling, which is one of the biggest strengths of filmmaking if you do it effectively like he did it in Batman Begins so well, Memento, obviously, and obviously, and following as well his first featured film that he made. You know, when him when he does it right, when Tarantino does it right, it is so effective, and it just it, it it makes the story so much more than it could have been of just like a linear storytelling structure. And we did a whole episode on this because we adore it so much. And it's a good episode. Talk about it all. It's one of our best day. episodes. It's one of my favorites yeah. we've ever done. It's yeah. personal. Like if I rank Nolan's movies in terms of my favorites, it might be in my top three of Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so hard, like you said, to rank his movies. Yeah, hundred percent. Number 40, we have The The Departed, released in 2006, directed by Martin Scorsese. This has an 8.5 on IMDb, and it's The Departed, man. we got to do a solo episode on this. It's probably one of the best crime movies ever made after Heat or ahead of Heat. The cast is absolutely insane. We have Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, freaking Maki Mock. Martin Sheen, it's it's absurd. Leo. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot him for a second, <laughs> but it's amazing. And, and and the intensity of this movie is is so high, and it's a very very well written, clever script, and it's, it's an adaptation from a Hong Kong film. But what Martin Scorsese did with this movie is just out of this world good and he finally won his first Oscar for best director with this movie which was much deserved it was about two decades too late and he should have got it so much sooner but we're so happy he finally won for this it's also I think the the only American adaptation of an international film that's better than the international film I think this yeah, I think maybe. this movie is a lot better than the original the original is great but when I watch I watched it recently and I was like The Departed is way better Martin Scorsese yeah because you really know these characters. He he understands the importance of character work, and so it's different from the the foreign fil- the international film. It's like it moves very quickly, whereas this one, he's a patient filmmaker. He takes his time. He lays out all the cards, and I really adore this movie. I think it's excellent. Next up, we have at number thirty nine, The Usual Suspects, which came out in nineteen ninety five. Also has an eight point five rating on IMDb. This was the uh, big breakout role for Kevin Spacey, as well as a huge film for the director, Brian Singer. Singer. Don't forget like, Benicio Del Toro, yeah, a big yeah, role for him too. Yeah, Benicio, excellent, excellent performance as well. Obviously, it's famous for having one of the greatest twists of all time, which really makes the movie. That, Twist endings yeah, too. It's, it makes the movie work and makes it special. And I think it's just, it's a phenomenal film. Number 38, we have Gladiator, 8.5 on IMDb, came out in 2000. It's too low. Won Best Picture. I know it is too low. Directed by Ridley Scott. And we also just talked about this recently with our Maximus vs. Ripley episode. Maximus is one of the greatest heroes in cinematic history. This is one of the greatest ancient culture films ever made. We talk about it all the time. We've done a solo episode on it. And, you know, this movie, it's just it's something special about it. They didn't really have a script that they had. They had, like, 15 pages of a script with dialogue, and they were just kind of shooting on the fly, figuring out things to do on the spot. And it really just morphed into this organic, natural story of an incredible character who sinks to the lowest lows after reaching the highest highs he possibly could have done and then becoming a martyr, getting vengeance for his family and just leaving the world a better place than when he left it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies to watch. And I think I think it's like lightning striking. Like it's never be done again. Um, people try to imitate it, but just like all the cards were in the right place with Ridley, 
with Russell Crowe with the rest of the cast and the production and just the the script is awesome and the character makes it. I think that it's just an, it's an unbelievable movie. It's it might be my top ten movies of favorite movies to watch. Yeah, and one of the best villains in film history with Commodus played by Joaquin Phoenix and. This is one of Hans Zimmer's best oh, scores. Yeah. It's such an underrated oh, yeah. soundtrack. He's it's so damn good. I listen to it all the time. Yeah. Next up at number thirty-seven, we have American History X, which came out in nineteen ninety-eight. I was surprised to see this on the list. Um, this it's high. a really good movie. It's very good. It has an eight point five rating on IMDb, and this was uh, obviously a, a huge breakout for Edward Norton. Also starred Edward Furlong, and it's about uh, a former. Um, neo-nazi who after he is released from prison reveal shows that he has changed into a more compassionate man and he's trying to save his brother from falling down the same path that he fell into of hate and violence and it's a very intense movie it has some of the most disturbing sequences you've seen in a while um, ever norton shines in this movie he's really great in it it's a friggin' crazy movie uh definitely awesome pick number 36, we have Amazon, The Lion King, Amazon, the original, which Amazon, came out in 1994. Amazon. This is at 8.5 <laughs> on IMDb. Hans Zimmer won his Oscar for this, of course. It was his direct, first. It was his first Oscar. First yeah. Oscar, now he is too. Directed by Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff. This was obviously remade recently by um, John Favreau yeah. at Disney. And it's in one of the greatest animated films of all time, if not the greatest. The cast is insane. Matthew Broderick, Jeremy Irons, James Earl Jones, Whoopi Goldberg, Rowan Atkinson. It's it's just, it's the Lion King. I mean, the animation was groundbreaking. The story is incredible. And we all know the story. We've all seen this so many times growing up. And it's just one of the best, it's one of the greatest stories ever told in, in it's cinema. A, it's, it's Hamlet. You know, and basically, It's yeah. Hamlet, yeah. It's, it's very it's, Shakespearean. Yeah. It's, an adapta- it's basically a loose adaptation of Hamlet in it's a, such a great movie. It's my favorite animated film. And what? Yeah, it won two Oscars. It won original song by Elton John, Tim Rice, and then Hans Zimmer won his score for this. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. We watched it on VHS over and over again. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we wore that tape out. Next up, we have one of my favorite movies of the century, at number thirty-five, Parasite, which came out in twenty nineteen, won the Best Picture Oscar as well as Director, Screenplay, and International Film. It has an 8.5 rating on IMDb. I think it's one of the best scripts written of the last 20 years, without a doubt. It's so good. Bong Joon-ho, it's, uh, he's got a great career, and this is still like – it caps his career. Like this, I think this is his peak movie. I, don't, I think that this is, uh, will be considered uh, one of the greatest films ever made. In, in time, as time will tell. I think it already is, as yeah. you can see. Yeah, and yeah. It's, I think it's just an unbelievable movie. It's really fantastic. I've seen it, I think, four times now, and it's still just so... It's still as entertaining and mysterious and intriguing and shocking every time I watch it. I love it. We did a great episode on yeah. it. Yeah, and it is so odd when you think of a movie that's come out so recently that is hands down one of the greatest movies ever made, and just, like, you have to wait for it to, like, really get that status. It takes a couple decades for movies to settle and to to be people to consume it a few times over a course of a couple of years, and came out in 2019. But, yeah, this is one of the best movies ever made it's in both our top 100 lists for favorite movies and greatest movies of all time i think i put it around here for my top 100 yeah mine was around here around here around but i mean it is such an incredible script and film and perfectly directed there's not a bad thing you could say about this movie at all not one bad thing not a single thing (laughs) i can't wait i can't wait to not watch the tv series maybe it's too good (laughs) a little too good a little too rough a little too too rough (laughs) 
Moving on to number 34, we have Leon, the professional, or as it's known in Europe and France, I think it's just called Leon, right? Just Leon, yeah. And this was directed by and written by Luc Besson, starring Jean Reno, Gary Oldman, and Natalie Portman. Incredible cast. This is one of the best child performances of all time from Natalie Portman, who was, what, 12 years old as Matilda in this film. Iconic Matilda, film. Matilda. Yeah, Matilda. In pop culture, too, it's still relevant. People still, like, dress, dress up, up as yeah. Matilda for, for, like, Halloween and stuff like yeah. that. And Leon. And, and it's a great character study of both Matilda and Leon, who's this assassin. And Gary Oldman ha- is a great villain in this movie. It's just an incredibly artistic film at the same time as being a great, like, crime assassin hitman movie too it seemed it's incredible do you like beethoven <laughs> and it's also it's a it's a weird movie too it is strange the, the the dynamic between the two and there's actually scenes filmed um for france france's release that showed a little bit more of an intimate relationship between the two mm-hmm. of them so it is a, it's a strange movie but it is really great i i adore the film next up we have at number 33 the pianist which came out in 2002 it has an 8.5 rating on IMDb and cleaned up shop at the Oscars, winning a bunch, including Best Leading Actor for Adrian Brody, who I, I think still is the youngest man, youngest leading actor to win an Oscar for Best Lead Actor. Yeah. Uh, I think he was 28 years old when he won this. And it's an unbelievable film. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it's extremely powerful. Aside from Schindler's List, I put this at number two for the greatest films to depict that huge, horrible war in the Holocaust. Uh, it's an amazing story, an amazing true story of this real-life character. So powerful, so tragic. The filmmaking is really some of the best ever put on film. I really do think it's just so profound, and the scale and scope of it is monumental. It's amazing. It's an important movie. You know, films like like The Pianist, films like 12 Years a Slave, they're so hard to watch, and they just drain you emotionally because of how intense they are and how real they are and, and but it's important to watch because it's history you know same prior ryan same thing it's it's really hard to watch that opening sequence because but it's important to watch because you have to understand the world and, and things that can happen and true evil in the world and this movie will just leave you a different person at the end of it and it's just so moving and groundbreaking number 32 we have Psycho, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. This is an 8.5 on IMDb, released in 1960. Arguably one of the greatest horror films of all time, one of the greatest thrillers of all time. Alfred Hitchcock is a master of suspense. We did an entire episode on this. Anthony Perkins is iconic as Norman Bates. And, you know, Hitchcock really changed the game for American cinema and then international cinema by with all sorts of things, with, with nudity and sex in the film, as well as killing off what you think is the lead character of the movie within 25, 30 minutes and just this bait and switch and this crazy plot. And it's so interesting. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. It's an absolute masterpiece in every sense of the word. Yeah, you could call it the most um, the, the most groundbreaking in terms of pushing the boundaries of cinema in American history. 100%. It could be. Next up, we have Spirited Away, which is at number 31. This came out in 2001 and has an 8.5 rating on IMDb. This is my favorite uh, anime film, uh, Studio Ghibli production. I still am pretty new to anime, so I still need to watch a lot more films. But I really like this movie. I can see why it's so beloved. It's, it's very street, very sweet, very creative, visually stunning, excellent lead character. I really adore it. Directed by the great Hayao Miyazaki. Now, moving on to number 30, we have Back to the Future. 
This came out in 1985. It is an 8.5 on IMDb, directed by Robert Zemeckis. And this is one of the most loved, iconic, popular films in the history of film and cinema, starring Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. And time travel is so fun. But then when you mix in like pop culture at the same time, Marty McFly is just one of the coolest characters ever. This 17-year-old kid who just rides a hoverboard and stuff like that, (laughs) goes back in time with the DeLorean. It's just crazy and so fun and interesting. It's still relevant today. People of all generations love this movie. We're doing it soon. We are. We've been saving it. Heavily requested. It's coming out either in May or June. In May, probably. But we're going to do the entire trilogy. Next up, at number 29, we have Terminator 2 Judgment Day, (laughs) which came out in 1991. I am a machine. I am a machine. Obviously written and directed by James Cameron and has an 8.5 rating on IMDb. Arguably the greatest sequel of all time. You can put it in the conversation. Hugely successful. uh, Made Arnold Schwarzenegger the biggest star on the planet. It is just amazing. The filmmaking, the sci-fi, the special effects, the visual effects with the new Terminator. I think James Cameron just solidified his status as one of the greatest directors in American history with this movie. He is the master of sequels. I'm sure Avatar three, Avatar 2 is going to be amazing because you can never count out James Cameron. Everyone doubts him. And the Terminator 2 is everything you want from a sequel. It's bigger, better, arguably more action, better characters. All around, everything better. Cinema, yeah. special effects, better antagonists. It's absolutely incredible. Maybe not better antagonists, but it's great. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's up there. But I mean, yeah. I love Ter- Terminator and the, yeah. and, Term- and the Terminator. That's a great villain. It is great. You're right. It's, it's unstoppable killing machine. Unstoppable. Next Until up. he is stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Interstellar at number 28. This came out in 2014. 8.6 on IMDb, written and directed by Christopher Nolan, also written by his brother, Jonathan Nolan. And we absolutely adore this film. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the best space sci-fi films made in the last two decades of all time, for sure, too. Incredible story. Very emotional themes with love. And also one of the best scores of all time, I think, from Hans Zimmer with yeah. this. And it's just an underrated piece of music, I think, that he created for the entire score and film. But we all love Interstellar so much. The story is incredible. Great acting, great characters, great everything. I remember the trailer just knocked me out. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see this. And McConaughey is awesome in it. Excellent, excellent sci-fi and film. Like you said, it's definitely one of the best space movies of all time. It's up there. And people love it. You know, It's all over TikTok. Still, I listen to it all the time. I listen, yeah, I listen to it all the it's time. It's also very yeah. scientifically accurate. Yeah. The black very hole, they, they predicted and with the help of Kip Thorne what a black hole would look like. And then, what, four years later, they got the first image of a black hole and it looked like exactly like Gargantuan in the film. Exactly. And we all, it's fucking Interstellar. It's fucking Interstellar. Fucking Interstellar. We're going to say it. Fucking Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have another classic sci-fi film. Star Wars A New Hope at number 27, which came out in 1977 and has an 8.6 on IMDb. This was obviously a game-changing film in the history of cinema. It destroyed the box office. People became obsessed with it. And it was just a, a phenomenon in America and around the world and paved the way for the future of blockbuster cinema. George Lucas, creative genius, crafted something that nobody had ever seen before. And now it's created this entire world of Star Wars, yeah. where now 
everybody knows Star Wars. Everybody loves Star Wars. Everyone watches Star Wars movies and TV shows. There are theme parks of Star Wars. This is one of the most influential pieces of culture in American history, in global history too as well. Next up, we have The Green Mile at number 26. This came out in 1999, has an IMDb rating of 8.6. One of the longest films on this list running at three hours and nine whole minutes starring (laughs) Tom Hanks, Michael Clark Duncan, David Morse. This is a really incredible story based on a book by Stephen King, directed by Frank Darabont. It's The Green Mile. It's incredible. Even Sam Rockwell's in this movie with a great supporting role. But it's very, it's a very eerie, magical in a way, and also religious, ho- religious, yeah. but also like at times a horror film. You know, these prisoners inside this hor- horrendous prison, and then Michael Clark Duncan playing the main character with supernatural abilities, and it's really well made, and we all love it. Frank Darabont hasn't made that many movies, but <laughs> he's got two on this list, which it's is crazy. crazy. Next Jinx. up, <laughs> next up. Let's do one more before we head into our intermission. How's that sound? Sounds like a pretty good idea. Thanks, man. We're at 25. Life is Beautiful, which came out in 1997. Has an 8.6 IMDb rating. This is a beautiful depiction of trying to hold on to love and beauty during such horrible times as war and the Holocaust. It's a tragic, tragic film. Extremely heartwarming. It's one of the saddest films of all time, and it features a character who, even though he goes through so much pain and and loss and horror, he still tries to make a little boy smile whenever he can. It's really beautiful. Yeah, like the scene where um he's in the jail cell and he looks out the jail cell window and or the little boy's in the jail cell and he's walking by and he tries to make the little boy smile inside the jail. So it's a really really tragic film, but you're right, it's great thematic moments like that that really make it a masterpiece and so emotional all right now let's head on into our intermission raiders of the lost podcast is brought to you by our good friends at manscape.com the leaders in men's grooming who are turning your shower routine into your favorite part of the day with their new ultra premium collection this all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle comes with deodorant body wash two-in-one shampoo conditioner hydrating body spray and a free set of manscaped lip balm save big by going to manscaped.com and use our special promo code raiders of the lost at checkout to get 20 percent off and free shipping worldwide i also highly recommend getting the manscapes lawnmower 4.0 groomer this thing is waterproof skin safe has a built-in light you can use it in the shower if you want wireless charger 7000 rpm motor this thing is a rocket ship for your grooming needs definitely get it today at manscaped.com use our coupon code raiders of the lost at checkout you can get all those savings and free shipping and don't forget about our other amazing sponsor movieposters.com the number one place to get your posters online today use our special promo code raiders10 to get 10% off your order today MoviePosters.com has a gigantic selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their arsenal, as well as all of these movies on this IMDb Top 50 list. They also have all sorts of sizes, framing, backlighting, whatever your poster needs are, they got you covered. Again, head on over to MoviePosters.com and use our very special promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order today. And let's begin our intermission now. I'll go first with the movie quote competition. You ready? I'm ready. That's it. I'm out of ideas. We're closed. Hot air balloon? Too expensive. Giant slingshot? 
too conspicuous. Enormous wooden horse, too Greek. That's a good quote. Hmm. Is it animated? Yeah. Can you say it again? Let me try to do the voice. That's it. I'm out of ideas. We're closed. Hot air balloon, too expensive. Giant slingshot, too conspicuous. Enormous wooden horse, too Greek. Is it SpongeBob? No. I don't know. No, it's a movie. Um, Monsters Inc. It's oh, Mike, Mike Wazowski. With hiding boo. Yeah, gotcha. Good one. All right, here's my quote. It's a couple of lines with two characters. All right. Three bags of Tostito scoops, I noticed. <laughs> There's a special on these tonight. Three for one. Three for one? Yep. How How's can that, that be, be profitable? How, how can that hey, <laughs> let me say how can that be profitable for Frito Lay? <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> I, I'm always waiting for a situation where I can use that. How can, How can that be profitable, profitable for Frito Lay? Jesse, Jesse Plemons. This is game night. Yep. <laughs> How can that be profitable? <laughs> so good. Yeah, three for one. <laughs> Notice you went with three or three bags of Tostito scoops. <laughs> so damn funny. All right. Uh, guess this movie release year. Dial M for murder. 1954. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, kid. Woo. Calm yourself. <laughs> okay. What year did Arrested Development start? That's a good question. I feel like it's not 90s. No. No, it's not 90s. 2000s. It's not that old. It's a rhetorical question. Okay. <laughs> Okay. 2000. Sorry to help. 2001. 2003, you fucking moron. <laughs> cool it with the F-bombs, bro. That makes me feel old. I used to watch this show when I was a kid. I know, right? Yeah. 2003, man. All right, movie pop quiz time. What sports movie did Penny Marshall direct? Good question. Shoot. Is it a baseball movie? Yeah. Thought so. <laughs> you held your hand on your head like you're a psychic. Like <laughs> Are you are, are there's coins in your pocket? <laughs> I'm going Bull Durham. Nope. Damn it. What is it? A League of Their Own. Oh, obviously. Idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> See you later. Do you even host a movie podcast? And he's walking out the room. All right, uh, it's just going to be me for the rest of this episode. Oh, oh he's man. coming back. Never mind. Oh, he's coming back. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah. Oh, man. So dumb. <laughs> I don't know why I, couldn't, I didn't think of that. Great okay. director. Yeah. Here's my quiz. What Oscar-winning film did Jason Bateman star in? Oscar-winning film Jason Bateman star in? He's not the lead, but he's one of the stars in the movie. It's the only one that he's been in that's won an Oscar. Was it a Best Picture Oscar? No. Oh, but it, it, it's an Oscar winner, like for like not acting, but for like, like screenplay or something, something else. Yeah, something, something else. else. <laughs> like, I don't want it to be like something editing or something. Screenplay. <laughs> All right, one screenplay. <laughs> Best sound design. <laughs> Was that not obvious? Huh. He's not in like a ton. And of... the movie got nominated for a lot of things. Yeah. All right. Man, I can't. I can't think through his filmography right now. I could think of his Zozark and games. He's in a lot of comedies. That's the problem. So he, he's it's hard to pick because his dramatic stuff's mostly been TV. Mostly. Oh no, Juno. Oh my god. He played Jennifer Garner's yeah, husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah, the adopting parents. Yeah. Oh, such an idiot. Idiot. Both of us, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do we got for um biggest hater of the week? We got a couple unsubscribers. We got Hold on one sec. My phone's getting all bluey on me. All right. We got some unsubscribes. Sorry, Bill. My computer's getting all bluey on me here. <laughs> so Mike on TikTok, he actually defended us on TikTok. He said, I read through the hater comments and they're all low effort and lame. Your haters can't even hate right. Unsubscribed. <laughs> Thanks, bud. And then um, BK Flint on Instagram almost had to unsubscribe when James mispronounced Midsummer until Anthony corrected him. Which is actually reversed. I mispronounced it, and Jimmy corrected me. Unsubscribed, but we appreciate the effort. Yeah, it's, it's just mid-summer. It's hard to tell with our voices, I'm sure. Our supporter of the week is a great five-star review from JNBH1995. He wrote, thumbs up. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it, pal. Appreciate the review. It's a lot better than the last one. <laughs> On this day in film history, the bat, the last one-star review. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On this day in film history, today is April 25th. Not much going on, but in 2008, Baby Mama came out, which is a very funny movie. And With Tina, Tina Fey. Fey and, Amy yeah, yeah, yeah. and then happy birthday to Al Pacino, the goat, and then Renee Zellweger. My streaming recommendation is Ip Man on Netflix, starring Donnie Yen. Nice pick. Nice pick. I picked for my streaming... Jurassic Park is now on HBO Max, so get ready for the new film by watching the incomparable classic. The OG? The OG. Now let's get back into the rest of the top twenty, the top 50 movies on IMDb, and we'll get into number 24 right now, which is Saving Private Ryan. This is an 8.6 on IMDb. Came out in 1998. Arguably the definitive war film. The best war film of all time, starring Tom Hanks, directed by the great Steven Spielberg. We've all seen this movie, one of the most powerful films ever. Not even just about war, but just in general. One of the most shocking battles you'll ever see in a movie before, ever because it's so accurate to what it was really like, the storming of the beaches of Normandy in World War II. And it's just a horrific, tragic, but again, important film, just like The Pianist. You know, I never really say this, but thinking back now when I was younger... This is a movie that got me interested in movies because of how incredible and powerful it was. Like watching mm -hmm. that opening beach scene as like a teenager, I was like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe like this is a movie. Like, it feels so real. So I think that definitely had a big impact on me when I was mm -hmm. young. Makes you feel grateful for your life because, you yeah. know, a lot of those people who were storming those beaches were our age at the time. You know, yeah. teenagers, young adults. And, you know, this movie is also an excellent representation of... You know, war is horrific and should never happen, but it also shows the necessary times where it's you have to respond and you yeah. have to. One of the only reasons why you have to go to war. There is evil in the world and it must be stamped out. Next up, we have City of God at number 23. This came out in 2002 and has an 8.6 on IMDb. Excellent Brazil film, Brazilian film. This uh, is set in the slums of Rio de Janeiro and follows a, a character as he tries to. Um, struggle with his life, with the with the uh, life of crime in that area, um, as well as being a photographer and lover of cameras. So it's an amazing, powerful coming-of-age film. A lot of mature content for a movie with young characters in it, but I think that young people should definitely watch it. It's been requested a lot. We should yeah. do an episode on it sometime soon, for sure. Number 22, we have The Silence of the Lambs. Released in 1991, this is an 8.6, directed by Jonathan Demme. Starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. Anthony 
won an Oscar for this film, even though not me, not you. Uh, <laughs> even though he's on screen for I think what less than twenty minutes, twenty seven like minutes, twenty seven minutes total. And it's about Hannibal Lecter. It's adapted from a book of the same name. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. It's one of the greatest serial killer movies of all time, if not the best. You know, it st- t- tells a story about uh, Jodie Foster as an FBI recruit and agent. She falls in love with Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> She's using Hannibal Lecter to try to catch a current serial killer named Buffalo Bill. And it's horrific, disturbing but masterfully made by Jonathan Demme. I think Jonathan Demme is one of the most underrated directors of all time. He, he's made amazing films, and this is his best. It's a terrific film. We we did a whole episode on it. If you guys haven't listened to that, make it your next one to listen to because it's one of my favorites that we've done. It's a great episode. One of my favorite movies, too. Yeah. I think it's in my top 15. Yeah, same here. I really love this movie. Next up, at number 21, we have It's a Wonderful Life, which came out in 1946. And has an 8.6 rating on IMDb. It's a great uh, movie to watch around the holiday season. It's about understanding, not taking what you have for granted, and loving your family and recognizing what's really important in life. Jimmy Stewart leads this film. It's a terrific, heartwarming, entertaining, funny, touching piece. But also, you know, you have impact on the world around you, and it's important to recognize that at some point in your life, even though you don't think you do, but it is important, and people will miss you if you pass away. And it's also scary because, like, the whole banking situation, like, when the bank goes under, it's like, people are like, I need my money. It's like, it's not like how it is now where our money's online, and I could just, it's like, back then, people would put their money in the bank, and their money was in a bank, you know? Well, I mean, who knows what, yeah, could, yeah. what could happen with governments yeah. where like, oh, yeah. you can't access your funds. Yeah, but you all... know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's actually just happened. But you know what I mean, though, like how it's like it's not like how it is now where we have the security of knowing like I can just make a withdrawal yeah. Yeah. at an ATM. That's that's I think seeing that in that movie is like, oh, my God, it's scary. I feel lucky. Uh, number 20, we have Seven Samurais came out in 1954, <sighs> 8.6 on IMDb, directed by the great Akira Kurosawa. This was like the OG team-up movie before the Avengers. Was the it Avengers, was Seven yeah. Samurai. This is the best samurai movie ever made. Wouldn't it's, it be so cool if we got uh, the next trend of movies was samurais? <laughs> that, that would, would be, be sick. sick. That would be like, sick. Because Hollywood always goes through trends, <laughs> yeah. whether it's westerns, cowboys, sci-fi gangsters, stuff. But yeah. like, yeah, gangsters. But like, that would be cool to have another samurai trend. Oh, we should do a samurai movie episode where we can yeah. the best samurai movies of all time. Absolutely. But Seven Samurai, the first time I ever saw this, you showed me it at, you're like, hey, you want to watch a samurai movie? An old one. I'm like, heck yeah. And you put it, it was like 11 o'clock and at, at like 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, dude, how, lo- by the mail. how long is this movie? You're like, oh, it's like over three hours I'm like jesus but it was amazing the first time i watched it. i was so glad you showed it to we me. watched it in the movie basement <laughs> seen it a few times since it is astounding filmmaking incredible cinematography and and just technical work production wise from the era of 1954 and akira is just a genius it's insane what he pulled off with the scale of this movie and the sequences it's amazing well it's kind of weird that the next movie is seven <laughs> so weird seven is at number 19 this film came out in 1995 and has an 8.6 rating on IMDb. I personally put this as my favorite David Fincher movie. He's made all all of his movies are amazing, but this one, like, if I if I had to pick one, it's got to be Seven. It, I think it's a perfectly made movie. It's one of the best cop dramas dramas ever made, if not the best. I think this movie really inspired the appetite for police procedurals on TV. Because Law and Order had been around, but like after Seven came out, then we started getting like the CSIs and stuff, and everyone was like interested in like investigations, murders, murders, murders killers. investigation dramas. So I think the success of Seven 
really changed what people wanted to see in movies and TV. And yeah, and David Fincher is is a perfect director in this film. It's it's absolutely stunning. It's so interesting the films he takes on and the stories. He's not he doesn't write screenplays. He he doesn't write original screenplays, but he he makes not every director writes. Yeah, most just, directors actually don't write. Obviously, he's yeah. working on the screenplay after it's been written. And, yeah. and for the film, like all directors yeah. do for the most part. But I mean, he's most strictly just a director and, and stuff like that. But it's interesting that he always picks a lot of murder movies and stories and serial killers, and he's just fascinated by the concept of serial killers, clearly even his show Mindhunter and stuff like that. But, I mean, I I think he just has a talent and a knack for really capturing the intrigue that people have for these types of situations, these types of crimes and murderers and serial killers and situations. And he does it so well that it, it disturbs you but also makes you fascinated by it at the same time. And I can't wait for his next film, The Killer, which is going to be a serial killer movie that stars Michael Fassbender, coming out this year, I think, at the end of the year. Guess who, guess who wrote it? The guy who wrote Seven. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's so, going to be awesome. Yeah, so can't wait for that. But Fassbender and Fincher, oh, man, yeah. sign me up. Seven's iconic. It's incredible. we got Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. What more could you need from two lead actors in a movie? And then Gwyneth's head in the box. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? We have to say it at least once. Number 18, we have One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which came out in 1975. This is an 8.6 on IMDb, directed by Milos Forman, starring Jack Nicholson. This is one of the three films in cinema history that won the Big Five, won Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Actress. And then one of the best antagonists in film history with Louise Fletcher playing Nurse Ratchet. And this movie is incredible. It's, it's an early Hollywood film that really tackles mental health which has become fortunately a well discussed and tackled subject today in a lot of cinema and films and we've talked about it recent in recent episodes for sure but um i think this is just a masterpiece in filmmaking in general and maybe jack nicholson's best performance one of the most tragic endings ever too it's so powerful next up we have at number 17 goodfellas this came out in 1990 and has an 8.7 on IMDb. This is one of my favorite movies, directed by the great Martin Scorsese, with one of the best casts of all time, with Robert, little Joe Pesci, and then Ray Liotta. Little Joe Pesci. <laughs> and then, I think this is the most entertaining movie ever made. It's, uh, I think one of my, it could be my favorite movie to watch, just to watch. If it, if I want to put it on, I'll just be like, okay. Or if it's on TV, like I, I'm happy to watch it, no problem. It's amazing. It's so, there's so many layers to it. There's so many scenes. It's so fun. It's chaotic. The music, the perfect direction, directing, and just, it's so cool. I love it. It's like a gangster, it's a gangster epic. Yeah. You know, Henry Hill is this wild character, whether you're not, you believe all of the exploits that he says he did or occurred in his life that are depicted in the film and in his book. We don't know for sure. But you know the character but it makes for a good story. makes for an incredible film yeah. and story. And Martin Scorsese, this could be his best movies like this, The Taxi Driver, The Departed. They're all up there. Plus, I mean, some Raging others, Bull. Raging Bull. Uh, but Goodfellas, like Anthony says, is the most entertaining movie probably made. And I don't know anyone who doesn't like Goodfellas. I've shown Goodfellas to people for the first time, and it blows their mind every time, and it becomes one of their favorites instantly after they watch it. And I can watch this every day. It's a Desert Island movie for sure for like a top 10. It's just so damn good, so damn fun, so quotable. Some of the best characters ever. Ever. Ever, kid. At number 16, we have The Matrix. This came out in 1999. It is an 8.7 on IMDb. 
and is an absolute masterpiece in filmmaking written and directed by the Wachowski siblings. It's so damn good. We've talked about it in depth. It's one of our favorite movies of all time. Obviously, Keon Reeves as Neo, Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus, Carrie Ann Moss, Trinity, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith. Incredible characters, groundbreaking visual effects in, in CGI, as well as exceptional choreography, martial arts, and just one of the most incredible stories I've ever seen in a movie before. It really is. It is so mind-blowing and unbelievable. And we saw it as kids, so it took us a few tries to get it eventually as teenagers to understand it because we saw it when we were nine. And I remember being nine and seeing this in theaters. It's a clear memory, and I was absolutely just floored by it. Yeah, it's complex and wildly original. Yeah, it's to this day, it's still one of the best movies ever made. Next up, we're in the top 15 now. Here we go. We got Star Wars Episode 5 and The Empire Strikes Back at number 15, which came out in 1980. Uh, has 8.7 on IMDb. The baby. The baby. The baby. And I think this is my favorite Star Wars movie. It's a really, from start to finish, and just an amazing film, amazing script. You know, we know the characters by now so well, and so we don't have to do we don't have to do the origins of these characters' introductions. Like we're just full tilt right into the action. Great set design in these in this one. We finally get Yoda. John Williams adds some of his best pieces of music as well. We get Yoda's theme in this, as well as we get the Imperial March in this. So two iconic themes made by the master composer. As well as just improved visual and special effects because Lucas got a much bigger budget this time. All in all, we have the memorable villain, the confrontation near the end. It's just an amazing, amazing movie. I think you said it all perfectly. Thanks, man. Iconic, for sure. Iconic. for Iconic. No, no, it's iconic. It's iconic. Is it iconic? It's iconic. Number 14, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. This came out in 2002, the second in the trilogy. is an 8.7 on IMDb, directed by Peter Jackson. It's Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. You know, we're getting cooking. You know, Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, they're on their journey. They're heading to Mordor. We have our trilogy... Our, our trio of heroes chasing down Pippin and Merry, who have been taken by orcs and orcai. <laughs> orcs. We have Gandalf turning into Gand- Gandalf the White. It's epic. I'm, I'm loving this synopsis. It's great because <laughs> we've all seen it. You know, I'm just the, these are the main plot points I'm coming from oh, yeah, yeah. in I'm my head. It. Yeah. In my brain, we have the destruction of Isengard. <laughs> it's an incredible film. Might have the greatest battle scene in the history of Helm's cinema Deep. with Helm's yeah. Deep. It's just. So damn good. I'm so yeah. glad that all three of these movies are in the top 15, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I still can't believe Peter Jackson pulled it off with such little CGI and just practical filmmaking and miniature work. And the characters are obviously amazing. It also had a great video game, too. Uh, I love this movie. I've, uh, it's The Lord of the Rings trilogy is just... They'll never make them like Nothing these like it. Nothing never like again. It. Next up, we have the next Nolan entry in this list. Number three. At 13, we have... Inception came out in 2010, has an 8.7 on IMDb. It stormed the box office with $800 million, which is an astounding feat for an original idea and property that nobody had ever heard of before. Chris Nolan really showed his power and skill as a director, especially in the sci-fi genre, crafting something like this. 
coming off of the Dark Knight. It's like I remember after the Dark Knight, and then they posted the teaser trailer, and it's, it was, the teaser trailer was just DiCaprio being dragged. Um, no, no, it was DiCaprio's friend being dragged across the rooftop towards the helicopter, and DiCaprio's just like looking at it like shit, my friend. And then we see like JGL falling down a hallway. It's like, what is this? I know. It was amazing. They did an excellent job marketing this film, and it was it's such a I mean, it's an amazing movie. I remember seeing it in IMAX and just being just stunned by what I was experiencing. It's just a great script, too. It's really, really, like, amazing what it, he pulled off. It's one of those movies that you wish you could, like, erase from your memory to see it again because of the experience you had watching it in cinemas because you'd never seen anything like this before. And it was so ambitious, so groundbreaking, as incredible and unique of an idea as something like Blade Runner in the sci-fi genre ensemble cast is phenomenal leo jgl elliot page ken watanabe tom hardy killian murphy it's insane marion cotillard if she's ever in a nolan movie don't ever trust her she's probably evil. probably the bad guy yeah. <laughs> but it's it's inception this was groundbreaking in so many different ways practical filmmaking to the fullest and the most special things you can see in film with a camera. Amazing you know, set spinning, pieces. Spinning yeah. hallways and, yeah. and giant fortresses being destroyed and blown up. It's it's absolutely incredible what Nolan did and cemented him as one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Not even halfway through his career. Not even. Not even, kid. Number 12. We have Fight Club. Came out in 1999. The third movie, I think, on this list in 1999 so far. Great year. 8.8 on IMDb. Directed by... David Fincher, based on the book by Chuck Palahniuk, starring Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. This is, it's Fight Club. You know, we probably shouldn't talk about it because we're not allowed to talk about it. So, yeah, sorry. We, we can't really talk about it. We already broke the first rule by saying it, so we can't talk about it. <clears throat> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> At number 11, we have Force Gump, another Robert Zemeckis movie. This came out in 1994, obviously stars Tom Hanks as the title character and has an 8.8 .8 on imdb i really adore this movie we we did an episode on it it was a really fun one and tom hanks just is iconic in this role zemeckis's filmmaking prowess of his cgi work at this earliest stage in filmmakings in the development of the technology really used it to great effect um, especially transporting tom hanks into these situations from the the, the past using old real footage just great, great filmmaking. And I think one of the most uh, memorable characters of all time in Forrest Gump. Forrest is incredibly likable and hopelessly optimistic and positive. And it's sort of like that concept of this this sort of genius like way of living where you just believe in yourself so much and always see positivity, and always try your best and just things happen and work out. And it's, it's an incredible story, even though it's wildly fictional. But it's, a, it's such a fun movie. I run like the wind blows. You wouldn't believe it. I run like the wind blows. Jenna, I, I gotta Jenna. find Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> you got new legs. <laughs> Teddy, Dan, you got new legs. Teddy, Dan. <laughs> Jenna. Teddy, Dan. <laughs> Number 10. We have The Good, The Bad, and the Ugly, released in 1966. This is an 8.8 .8 on IMDb, directed by Sergio Leone. This is the third film in the Fistful of Dollars trilogy, the concluding film. Iconic Clint Eastwood in the no-name character is the lead. And then one of the best duels of all time at the end of the film. 
The music is incredible. Ennio Morricone, the setting, the location, the story, acting, everything about this. This is a perfect, perfect movie. But it's not filmed in America. <laughs> Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sorry, Sam Elliott. You realize this is not filmed in America, right, pal? <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies, and I grew up watching it a bunch of times when I was in... I had a Western phase, and this was... This one in Once Upon a Time in the West, I watched a ton. It's really amazing. It's a long movie. It's over three hours, but, like, it's worth the watch. And the, 258, actually. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Fake news, false. Yeah. I'm lying about all this. Snopes. <laughs> Snopes? <laughs> you still don't know what Snopes is. I'll explain no. it later. Yeah. You always say you'll explain it. But explain it now. Snopes is, it. is a fact-checking, like, website and, and entity. Oh, okay. Got it. So, but Good and Bad the Ugly, amazing movie. You guys got to watch it. Next up, we have The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring at number nine. This film came out in 2001 and catapulted this franchise into worldwide into a worldwide sensation. It has an 8.8 .8 rating on IMDb. I think this might be my favorite one of the trilogy. It's a, an amazing movie. It's well-crafted. The actors are t terrific, perfectly cast. Uh, the screenplay is a great adaptation and the filmmaking is immense. Peter Jackson pulled off the impossible, I think. All three of these movies are masterpieces and you know, we're introduced to all these incredible characters and Hobbits and Hobbiton and it's it's you know, it's Lord of the Rings. It's great. Oh yeah. Number eight, we have Pulp Fiction, released in nineteen ninety four. This is an eight point nine on IMDb, written and directed by the great Quentin Tarantino. One of the most groundbreaking films in cinema. This changed cinema forever. You know, Tarantino made Reservoir Dogs, got his name out there. Kind of like a new young hotshot director in Hollywood. The independent film surge so hot here in America. Right now. <laughs> Hansel, so, so hot. hot right now. But Pulp Fiction was just special. It's a special movie. Could never be replicated again. Everyone tried to make their own versions of it. Some of the most iconic characters we'll ever see in cinema. I mean, Travolta, Uma Thurman, Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis, Tim Roth. The cast is amazing. The story is incredible. Nonlinear storytelling. We're all over the place. We have really like four mini movies all connected in different ways. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. One of our favorites of all time. 100%. This this is like that, one of the movies that like changed my life. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. you never seen anything like it before. Next up at number seven. Man, we're getting close to number one. Lord of the Rings. The Return of the King at 8.9 rating on IMDb. A massive success both at the box office and at the Oscars. It won 11 Oscars. It's the only movie to win 11 Oscars for its 11 nominations. It was a perfect record for that many nominations, which had never been done before. Still to this day hasn't been done. Uh, it capped off the franchise in the most stunning fashion. Peter Jackson, I think the accomplishment of making these three movies is one of the greatest feats of directing in history and will never be matched. I still think it's wild that they didn't get a single acting nom win for any of the movies. Yeah, it's, it's, so, like it's Ian strange. McKellen is incredible in these movies. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis yeah. is great. No one even knew his name probably. I mean, Elijah's great, but I mean, not to mention Sean Astin. Yeah. Sean Astin might be the best performer in these movies. And That dude cries like crazy all the time. A, yeah, yeah, I was, I'm sure, you may win 11 Oscars and not a single acting. I don't even think there was an acting nomination. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Either way, live on forever. One of the greatest movies ever made. Number six, we have Schindler's List, released in 1993. This is an 8.9 on IMDb, directed by Steven Spielberg. This is about the horrific crimes against the Jewish population in World War II at Auschwitz uh, concentration camp. And it's 
incredibly powerful. Obviously, it's similar to the film The Pianist. However, the perspective is of Jewish population in the camps versus The Pianist is about a Jewish man surviving in Poland. And it's tragic, it's horrific, has one of the most disturbing villains of all time with Eamon Roth, played by Ray Fiennes. Stars Liam Neeson as Oscar Schindler, who is trying his best as a German to try and save Jewish people in these camps, working in his factories and then saving them at the end of the film. Also stars Ben Kingsley. Yeah, it's got one of the greatest transformations for a character in film history, from a war profiteer to a selfless man trying to save lives. Uh, great, great transition and transformation for the character based on a real person yeah true story next up we're in the top five now this is it these are the heavyweights we have at number five 12 angry men Sidney Lumet's film which came out in 1957 it has an 8.9 on IMDb it's about a jury room of men who are trying to come to the conclusion of a guilty verdict of a murder case while one of the men pleads innocent and wants to try to talk it out and it's a very relevant film it's incredibly well written it might be it could be up there with best scripts ever written because of how 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 great the film is for taking place just in one room and it's not like rear window where we're looking at a huge set oftentimes it's just a room with tables and that's it and the actors are really full-on just like giving their a game Great work by all of them and a great lead by Henry Fonda. It's a, a magnificent film. Really terrific. And the camera work in this movie is magical. It's exceptional the way it moves to the rooms, moves to the courthouse, into the room. And just you're dealing with one small space, but you have to make it interesting for uh, an hour and a half. And they really pulled it off. And I'm sorry, there's a scene in the two scenes in the bathroom as well. Yeah, but Sidney so. Lumet made this in his 30s, which is insane, in 1957. Number four. We have The Godfather Part 2, released in 1974. This is a 9.0 on IMDb. We just covered it recently on the show for a solo episode. It's one of the most stacked casts of all time. Pacino, De Niro, Duvall, Diane Keaton, uh, Cazale, Talia Shire. This is arguably just as good as The Godfather's. A lot of people put it second or or ahead of The Godfather, and I Mm -hmm. love this one. It's still hard for me to pick between them. I just love the storyline of... Um, Vito in his past in Italy, his origin story. This is why. This is like how you do an origin story. This is the way to do it. You know, origins. his origins as a child in Italy, and then on his in Corleone, and then his journey to America after the murder of his family, and how he rose to power in New York City. And it's incredible, but also juxtaposed with the modern current storyline of Michael Corleone and his rise to power and the heights he's trying to take the family. I love the world. You know, I love revisiting these movies and these characters and what uh, Francis Ford Coppola did. And this is just monumental filmmaking, the, the sets, the cinematography by Gordon Willis. Like you said, the acting, the music again, it's second to none. And it really is one of the greatest American films ever made. At number three, we have The Dark Knight, which came out in 2008, grossed a billion dollars. And has a 9 rating on IMDb. You all know this movie. It changed movies. It changed blockbusters. It changed superheroes. Uh, everything Marvel did, they based upon Batman Begins and Dark Knight and the approach that Nolan took to the to the franchise and how he respected in his audience to make a mature content for them to digest in superhero format. 
I think this is not just a superhero movie. It's a great crime film as well. And we have one of the greatest performances of all time. Excellent production cinematography. It's massive in scope. It's really fast. It's some great action sequences. One of the greatest chase car chases of all time. Uh, I just think this movie is remarkable. Yeah, Heath Ledger got the posthumous Oscar as playing the Joker. Probably the greatest comic book movie performance we'll ever get in the history of movies. Number two, we have The Godfather, arguably the greatest film ever made, released in 1972. This is a 9.2 on IMDb, the first film of the trilogy from Francis Ford Coppola, based on the novel by Mario Puzzo. And... The cast is very similar to part two, obviously, except we have Marlon Brando as Don Vito Corleone and maybe his one of his best performances of all time, as well as Al Pacino giving one of his best performances of all time as well in his career. And, you know, this is astounding filmmaking in every aspect of it. Cinematography, screenplay, acting. It's just a brilliant film. We talked about it in depth in our solo episodes on The Godfather and Godfather Part Two and Part Three. These characters, like Andy says are so fun to revisit. Every time you watch it, you get something new out of it. But if you're interested in filmmaking and film, this is the holy grail of filmmaking. And I actually, I agree. I say this one's better than the the part two because of Michael's storyline. And this one I think is better than the other one because he's already fully fledged the new Don in the second film. But in this one, we the transformation from the young man who rejects his family to the man who embraces power I think that's what really makes the movie work. Okay, it's time for number one. I'm not sure if any of you can guess what it is. Maybe you can. They all know. Yeah, you all know. We have, at number one, The Shawshank Redemption, which came out in 1994. has a 9.2 rating on IMDb. It was directed and written by Frank Darabont, adapted from a short story from Stephen King, stars Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. This is uh, one of the greatest inspirational films about uh, the human condition ever made. It's a remarkable movie. I've seen it many, many times and adore this film. Yeah, it's powerful, entertaining, it's funny, and just makes you feel all sorts of emotions. And I I love the characters of Andy Dufresne and of Red, and it's a really great story between these two men and their friendship that grows and the love that they have for each other that grows. And it's got one of the most happy bittersweet endings of a movie you'll ever get from the starting point of the characters and where they're at their life with Andy Dufresne whether or not he's wrongfully convicted we never find out which is so interesting with that character and then with Red who was in prison since he was what 20 years old or something like that when he made a horrible mistake of murder and he's been in jail for I'm sorry don't don't we find out from the story of the other prisoner who was in prison with someone else who bragged about the murder yeah but it's never confirmed oh we don't ever have confirmation that andy was telling the truth you know i guess you can believe that i i like i believe that i like to believe it but there's no i mean there's no evidence Mm -hmm. besides hearsay you know what i mean that's true that's what i mean gotcha like a court of law is not gonna hold up probably and not to mention he doesn't testify but anyways what i was getting to was the transfer was it and then so andy what was i saying you're saying I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was on Red. And Red, this man who's been in prison for the vast majority of his entire life, what happens to these men You know, when Andy figures out how to escape, but then Red getting the 
the desire to want to live and be a free man and, and want to live a, worth, a life worth living with what time he has left and then, you know, ending up together at the end of the film. It's very inspirational and heartwarming. And it's interesting. It shows the perspective of life on the outside versus life on the inside and how for some people, they can't even deal with the real world and in being out there and they they need to be inside because they've been institutionalized yeah, so much exactly it's a really powerful profound film from darabont and i can see why it's number one I, it, it's clearly the most loved movie ever made it's got i mean how many ratings does it have i think it was at two point or no dark knight was 2.5 million and then the shawshank redemption maybe over is three million 2.5 million wow reviews it's, it hovers around 9.2 9.3 that's that crazy range. wow amazing but yeah, it's based on the short, short story. story by Stephen King. Darabont got the rights to it for $1 from Stephen King. Just one buck. Nominated for seven Oscars, didn't win one. <sighs> Not a single Oscar. Woo! Crazy. Man, they like to get it wrong, don't well, that's they? That's number one. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It was such a blast to cover these. It's a great list. 50 incredible yeah. films. Um, can't wait. We're going to do... Uh, 51 to 100 in an episode very soon probably mm -hmm. next who knows but that was a blast yeah finally got to talk about the IMDB list it was a lot of fun thanks so much for tuning in become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast take care everybody goodbye everyone Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a mirror image production sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler opening music by Chase Jackson this episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast has been executive produced through Patreon thanks to Cody Moen, Calvin Cam, John A. Gratz, and Lawrence Smertz. Thank you to our producers.